In a world where uncertainty reigns supreme, where shadows of chaos dance at every turn, one truth emerges unyielding. Preparation is not a luxury, but a lifeline. Behold the Wellness Company, a beacon of readiness amidst the tempestuous seas of fate. Envision a sanctuary of tranquility, where the tumult of unforeseen medical crises finds no purchase. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit stands as a bastion of assurance, a fortress of resilience against the unseen foes of health. Within its sacred confines lie the tools of salvation. Ivermectin, to ward off the insidious whispers of disease. Emergency antibiotics, to quell the raging storms of infection. Antivirals, to vanquish the relentless tides of contagion and more. The Wellness Company Medical Emergency Kit is not merely a collection of supplies, it is the embodiment of preparedness itself. Crafted by the hands of esteemed healers led by luminaries such as Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. James Thorpe, Dr. Harvey Risch, and Dr. Drew Pinsky, this kit stands as the pinnacle of safety, the zenith of prevention. These truth-seeking doctors have forged a testament to vigilance, a testament to the unwavering pursuit of well-being. Embrace the certainty that comes from being armed against adversity. Embrace the Wellness Company, for in its embrace lies the promise of resilience, the promise of a brighter tomorrow amidst the chaos of today. Don't wait for the next crisis to strike. Visit twc.health forward slash strange planet and use promo code strange planet for an exclusive 10% discount. Prepare today and rest easy tomorrow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Richard Serrett's Strange Planet Following the truth wherever it leads Exposing evil and corruption And the secret machinations of powerful elites Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality Coming to you from the Great White North And his studio beneath the stairs Here's Richard Welcome once again to another episode of Strange Planet. Thanks as always for sticking me in your ear. And just a reminder, if you ever want to get deeper into Strange Planet, you might want to consider becoming a premium subscriber. And the best way to do that is to go to strangeplanet.supportingcast.fm. Strangeplanet.supportingcast.fm. This episode... We're going to go off madly in all directions and delightfully and madly off in all directions. We're going to touch on astral travel, reversing the aging process. We might even get into uh, Operation Blue Beam, what's on the moon, who is on the moon. Of course, uh, we're headed back in that direction with a Canadian astronaut in the not-too-distant future. Uh, but we'll... Um, We'll uh, touch on many of these uh, topics over the next 45 minutes with author, on-air personality, seasoned aircraft pilot, hypnotherapist, UFO researcher, and cosmic explorer, Augie Nost. Welcome, Augie. How are you? Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I have coffee in hand, and I'm ready to go. <laughs> Fantastic. Let's start off with uh, you've got a weekly show at the Universal Consciousness Show. Tell us a yep. little bit about that, where we find it, what you discuss. Oh, okay. First of all, you'll find it at broadcastteamalpha.com. And uh, we got a weekly show where Nori Love and I, we are interviewing excellent guests. And uh, we're, we've done this for about four years now. And we have some really impressive uh, shows. So if you go there, just go into uh, broadcastteamalpha.com or on YouTube, the same name. If you go to broadcastteamalpha.com, you can watch the shows there, but also go into the picture gallery because we have some incredible pictures of things that should not exist, but it does, like NASA prints of pyramids on the moon and pretty much anything that you normally would not think of being real. We have 5,000 pictures, so just go have a look. 
All right. Fantastic. And uh, the links are in the uh, episode notes, the episode description for this episode. So uh, you have such a, um, a broad and varied background. Uh, you grew up on a farm in, in Norway, in Northern Europe. Um, let's talk about for a moment, though, um, martial arts, because, well, first of all, what type of martial arts were you involved with or are involved with? Uh I don't do much with that anymore. That, that was decades ago. Now, there was the arts of the ninja. And uh, the ninja training is different because it's not very well understood because the, the ninja, uh, that means the arts of invisibility. And uh, there's some stories about the masters there. They, uh, they, they just spin around and the cloak falls to the ground and there's nothing there. You know, you have those stories, whether it be true or not, we wonder. But uh, the mind training that comes with that kind of thing is uh, it's for the first year or so, that's just mind training. You learn how to walk around your opponent's head before and know what they think before they know what they're thinking. And you visualize the outcome and then you make it happen. So there is a lot of mind training that many other of the modalities don't have. But uh, otherwise, I think martial art training absolutely should be part of the school system because of the mind training that you get with it you become basically invincible in your mind and you can do anything you want to. And when you settle on something, you go for it and you make it happen. You also uh, learn, though, through your martial art training and, and training of the mind, how to avoid getting sick. Yeah, that, that's... Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because... When I do these shows, I always like to tell people something that'll make their life better. And this can. <clears throat> there was, uh, the master told me, if you do this one thing, you will never be sick in your life. He said, no. He said, do it every day. You'll never be sick in my life. Uh, I have pretty much, not every day, but I've pretty much done that. And I've really never been sick in my life. And... Uh, I'm older than some of the hills around here, so <laughs> I'm kind of proud of that. Uh, what he said, sit down, take 20 deep breaths until you get dizzy. Then back off on your breathing a little bit so you stay slightly dizzy for three to five minutes. And when you do that, this is hard work. You're going to get wore out. Five minutes into it, you're going to feel like you want to lay down and take a nap because it's hard work. And he said, when you do that, you flood the blood with oxygen. The oxygen gets everywhere in your body, snuggles up to bacteria and anaerobic, uh, uh, anaerobic bacteria and virus, mm -hmm. and it kills it. Now, there's actually some science to this. <laughs> In 1931, Dr. Otto Warburg, he got the Nobel Prize for discovering that no bacteria or virus can live in a heavy oxygenated and alkaline environment. So what the master told me is that oxygenate the body and the pathogens will go away. <laughs> they will die. So that's what I've been doing. And I tell you, if I am around people that have a cold and my nose starts running a little bit, I go off for myself and I spend five minutes by myself and just hyperventilate like that. Right. And that knocks out a cold. I have a video on our broadcast team alpha down in the videos uh, where I explain what I did. I, it, the title of the video is How I Knocked Out a Cold in a Day and a Half. I couldn't tell them the truth because it, it was done in about 30 minutes. The nose just flushed out and it's gone. Right. 
It's because it's, nobody would believe that I could do it in 30 minutes. So I, I called it an hour and a half. It's amazing how our bodies are designed to self-heal. And you're right. I mean, I would say, I don't know what the number is, but the vast majority of us walk around. We are incredibly shallow breathers. We breathe from like the shoulders up. Just, yeah. You know, it's, it's almost like skimming across a, a huge body of water instead of, you know, taking a deep dive. And uh, I, I, I believe everything you're saying re with regards to that. Um, staying with health for a moment, though, uh, let's talk about the, um, I'm not going to ask you how old you are, but you, you, um, you said you're much older than some of the hills. <laughs> so well, let's just go with that. But let's talk about the aging process. Um, okay. <laughs> the, um, I mean, what is, what do you think the secret is to, if not slowing the aging process, perhaps even reversing the aging process? Um, let me try to answer that question from the backside forward. I have done a lot of research on this and I found some very old people. The oldest guy that is verified by age, by his government, I found him, he died from an accident at 256. Now, go on YouTube, um, not YouTube, but go to Google or maybe somewhere else and put in the search bar, the 256-year-old man, and you are going to find some very interesting reading. Because <clears throat> science has found what causes aging and death. Now, they don't talk about that much because, you know, there's no money in the solution. You know, there's only money in the problem. So they want us to be sick and old and die so they can cash in the bond that they created in our name and placed into the market that we don't know about so they can get the money. Mm -hmm. Now, that's another show. Oh, yes. I've done that show <laughs> and we'll do it again sometime, <laughs> you and I. But they found that the real reason why we grow old and die is because of the shortening of the telomeres at the end of the chromosomes inside our cells, every cell of our body. Because every cell, uh, every time our cells replicate themselves, those telomeres, they get a little shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter until there's nothing left. And then the end of the chromosome start fraying and the cell can no longer replicate itself and you get stuck with old cells in the body and you get older and you uh, get more wrinkled and you die. Now, there's many contributors to this. So this is not the only reason, but the main reason, that is it. So how do we stop this? How do we reverse that? Don't take my word for a thing here because in night, in 2009, three doctors were given the Nobel Prize for discovering an enzyme that reverses the aging process, and nobody told us. Think about that. I can understand why now, because of the depopulation program going on, but we should have been told that there is a way where we can stop the aging process. I read those papers. They're quite voluminous, but I suggest that you go to the Nobel Committee's website, scroll down to 2009, scroll down again to medical submissions, and read the papers. You're going to love it. Somewhere in those papers, one of the doctors said, and I think I can quote this, uh, he says, if we had enough of this enzyme in our bodies, there will be no reason for anyone ever to die from old age. Well, that's powerful. And I know enough about the Nobel Committee that if they find anything in the papers submitted, they will throw out the whole thing. Uh, if they find something that is wrong right. anywhere in there, they'll throw it out. Unless, of course, you're Name is Obama. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, but this is something that actually you should go read. That was in 2009. Now, that's 14 years ago. A lot of research has been done now. And we know 
what it takes to reverse the aging process. I am doing it, and uh, their pharmaceuticals got a hold of this, and they started creating an experiment, and they came up with something they call actually a nutraceutical. It's called TA, TA-65. It is uh, it's a product that they say this will uh, keep the telomeres from shortening. And I researched that. I researched the daylight out of it, and I found a lot of people say, yes, it's working, but the majority say it didn't do a thing for me. But it also set you back about four to $600 a month. So it's a little bit out of the range of most people, but hey, I'm cheap. I'm doing it the way the 256-year-old man is doing it, and that is by Chinese herbs. There is an awful lot of research medical research published in the medical journals showing that the astragalus astragalus herb will stop the shortening of the telomeres if you take it in the large doses and uh, that will help also to create the enzyme that will shorten um, the stop shortening the uh, the telomeres the enzyme that we want to have sufficient amounts of in the body is called telomerase or telomerase that is depending on how you pronounce it you can read about this also in uh, in medical journals it shows up if you put telomerase in the search bar you'll find some things and uh, this is something that I've been talking about it for four years probably now, and I've been doing it for four years. And uh, uh, you said you weren't going to ask about my age, but it's 77. Wow. So uh, I'm doing something right, at least I think so, because I work 12, 16 hours a day, and I got more energy than anybody I know. So the herb is astragalus? Astragalus? Uh, Astragalus will help you for the body to create this enzyme so it's the enzyme that helps shortening the uh, the short uh, the from the shortening of the telomeres the enzyme will do that but the astragalus will help your body create sufficient amounts of this enzyme now there's another one that i'm taking and that is the jiaogulan herb in china that is called the immortality herb. I'm taking both of them. And uh, the astragalus, I buy it by the pound. I think it's about $16 for a pound of that. And that lasts me about a month. Would you make it as a tea? Do you put it in a tea? or? Mm, yeah, I actually, I'm glad you said that because it shows that if you take it as a tea, it actually is more efficient, but I don't do that. I, I mix it with water and juice, and then I drink it that way. Okay, and then the other uh, herb that you mentioned? Yeah, the jiaogulin. Jiaogulin. Uh, it's, uh, I wrote it down, uh, J, I don't speak Chinese, J-A-O-G-U-L-A-N herb, I think it is. Um, and that also works towards the same goal. Which is producing more of the enzyme that will prevent the shortening of our uh, telomeres at the end of the uh, chromosome when they, when they duplicate. Um, And that's telomerase or telomerase is the enzyme. Telomerase is what I'm calling it. Yeah. Now that 256 year old man, he was a martial art instructor an herbalist. He was a martial arts instructor for the Chinese army as long as anybody could remember. And he died from an accident at 256. And at that time in the late 1930s, the New York Times newspaper had a reporter in Japan and they found out about this. So they told him, go to China and verify this story. He went to China and he interviewed the people in the village where um, Li Xing Yuan lived. And they showed him papers where the government sent him congratulations on his birthday three times, 50 years apart. 
and uh, that was at the latter part of. He was said to be born in sixteen hundred and something. Seventy-seven, sixteen seventy-seven. I'm just looking at yeah, the website now. There you go. This was in Sichuan Province. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable, if true. I mean, wow, that does seem yeah. fantastical. Two hundred and fifty-six year old Ling Cheng Yuan. Um, all it's right, amazing. It is amazing. Let's talk yeah. uh, another topic I know that's near and dear to your heart, and that is astral travel. Uh, yeah. Is this something that you're able to do at, at, at will? Because for many people, you know, an out-of-body experience, which I guess is a somewhat different than astral travel, is usually accompanied by a near-death event, uh, or it's, it tends to be spontaneous. Yeah. Uh, other people have trained themselves to astral travel and have OBEs at will. How did it happen for you? Well, uh, first of all, I say for people listening to this that uh, want to know more about reversing the aging process, I speak at length on it in a book that I wrote on uh, spiritual science, higher conscious thinking, and how to access the universal consciousness. And uh, you'll find the book just about everywhere. But for the astral travel part of it, it is hard to wrap our heads around that we really can do this. It's not that hard to learn. All we have to do is practice some. And when people say that, yeah, I practiced and it didn't work, <clears throat> well, they tried it four times and it didn't work. Stay with it a little bit. I, uh, I haven't learned how to do anything unless it took me mostly, uh, most of the time longer than other people. But I think it took me over a month before I was able to get out of my body, turn around and look at myself in the bed and it scared the daylight out of me. Because I said, oh no, did I die? <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I stood there for a while and I looked at myself and I said, well, he's sleeping. I see the chest is moving, so he is not dead. But here I am. And that was a long, long time ago. But astral travel has been proven. One experiment I read about, uh, oh, I don't know, probably about 10, 15, 15, 20 years ago, there was a, a university that did this experiment. They had a guy laying on the couch, and uh, in the next room they had somebody sitting there writing symbols on a yellow pad. The guy that was on the couch, he got out of his body, walked through the wall, and he was watching the symbols being written. And then he got back in his body and he walked over and he told them, this is what you wrote and the symbols. But he told them much what the guy in the other room had written. There are experiments and verifications like this, all kinds of them. Besides, there are hundreds of thousands of people that have had the experience of finding themselves outside of their body. But they rarely talk about it because the stigma of being, you know, called you're nuts. Right, right. And so can you give us a hint? Is the, the protocol, uh, obviously it takes, you know, a while to, to develop this ability, but what is the, what is the protocol? Is it achieved through meditation or, or what? I would say um, yes for meditation because meditation is usually the gate to higher consciousness. And uh, a good way, if you want to, we can do about a 45 to one minute 45 seconds to one minute mind exercise so you can get to feel what it actually is like to be outside of the body looking at yourself. We can do that later in the show if you like. Actually, well, I'll take a, we'll step away here and take a quick time out, Augie, and then we can, we can come back and we can do that experiment if, if you'd like. I'd, I'd like to. Okay. All right. Back with more of my conversation with Augie Nost right here on Strange Planet. Don't go away. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's time to redefine reality. This is Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. And we're back with author, on-air personality, seasoned aircraft pilot, hypnotherapist, UFO researcher, and cosmic explorer, Augie Nost, broadcast team alpha.com, the website. And um, we're going to conduct a, a short uh, one-minute experiment on preparing oneself for astral travel. So what do we need to do? Yeah, uh, first, I, I want to say something, and that is that I am not a hypnotherapist because that involves the medical part of it. I was taught hypnosis by a magician back in Europe, and I'm not a therapist. I I can delve into a little bit, maybe a little bit in related areas, but in, if I would do something like that, it's for themselves to heal themselves. I don't do any of that. Okay. All right. Thank you for that. Anyway, now for the... Uh, what I started out with was that laying in the bed and visualizing myself rolling out of bed and standing up, turning around and looking at the bed. Now, there's another method. That's how I started out. But there's another method that is just as good and actually have seemed to work better. And that is, if you want to do that, it's going to take one minute, and I will talk you through it so that there won't be any dead air. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we hate that. That's true. Uh, <clears throat> visualize yourself sitting where you are, and close your eyes right now. Close your eyes, and you know where you're sitting. You know what clothes you have on. You know what your hair looked like. You know where your hands are. You can visualize yourself sitting right there. And if you have a table ahead of you, that is okay. Visualize yourself standing up where you are, walking straight forward through whatever obstructions that there might be. Take three steps forward and then turn around and look at yourself sitting in the chair. You can see yourself in the chair. You see where your hands are. You see what your clothing is. You see your hair. You know what you look like. Look at yourself in that chair with your eyes closed. Visualize yourself. And now, ex totally accept that you are standing here looking at yourself in that chair. You're right there in front of you. You can see your clothing, your hands. Everything is there. You are looking at yourself. Now... Turn around again, away from yourself in the chair, and back up three steps and sit down into yourself. And you're back in your body, and everything is good. You open your eyes, and you're back home. When you do this, Spend a little more time standing there looking at yourself. And do it a few times before you open your eyes up. Don't do that on the first, second, third, or the fifth time. Just do it with your eyes closed first so you get used to seeing yourself in the chair without outside visual stimuli to interfere with your vision of it. And then try to open your eyes. There is a concept feeding into this, and that's called astral blindness. You may find that when you're out there, when you open your eyes, you don't see anything at all. Don't be afraid of that. Just get back in your body and everything is good. 
because this happens once in a while that you can't see anything. But it's perfectly all right because it is part of the, oh, should I say, getting used to this environment. If you practice this for a while, you can also practice what I did when you're laying in the bed, roll out of the bed and stand up and turn around and look at yourself. It's a very good, it's, you know, it's a good process. And when you make it out, and if you keep practicing, you will. It's not made, you will. Because this is natural. You're stepping into another room, another vibration. The astral vehicle is a kind of like a gray form of energy <clears throat> that is coexisting with your physical body. It operates from memory only. It has no intelligence of its own, but it will know and it can act on everything that you have learned and experienced in the physical body. It can deal with all that. So now the next question is, what can you do out there? Mm -hmm. You find yourself that if you want to leave the room, you feel like you want to walk through the door. Yeah, that's probably how you start out, but you don't have to. You can walk right through the wall. And that's going to be a little strange starting out because you probably want to stick your hand first through it and see that, oh, okay, it's all, it's all right. You can walk through the door. You can walk through the house. You can walk outside. But remember also, it works from memory. <clears throat> if you are scared of heights and then you go up a thousand feet looking down at your house, you may have the same feeling of being Oh, am I going to fall? You get used to those things because you learn things out there also. You get used to the environment. So when you realize that, hey, I'm a thousand feet above my house, I'm not falling down. Now start exploring. Go through the neighborhood. Watch yourself walking down the street. And that is an interesting experience. If you walk, let's say most of the people are walking this way and watched yourself going that way, once in a while you will find somebody that is actually making eye contact with you. Because they're astral traveling as well. They could be, or they have a higher sensory perception that it can see you. There is also another third one that I don't know, but this is what I have been told by other astral travelers, and that is that there are alien beings that looks just like us, and they are coexisting with us, and they can see into the astral world. So are you limited to how how far you can travel? I mean, you're not just relying on your on your legs and your feet to take you someplace. As you say, you can... You can you can be a thousand feet above your home. Yeah. Uh, how do you how do you transport yourself through this other realm? You th basically your transportation vehicle is your thinking, your thought. Let's say that you were, you live in Arizona, which I do, and uh, <clears throat> let's say you want to go and visit your aunt in New York. Think of her, the way you know she looks. And that will be your destination. So you start traveling there and it can happen very quickly. But the astral vehicle does actually have some limitations to distance because you are connected. The astral vehicle is connected to the physical body through a very thin and strong cord. We call it the silvery cord. If you go so far, that you run out of substance in the astral vehicle to maintain that cord, something will happen that may not necessarily be pleasant, and that is that when you run out of cord, you'll, you'll slam back into your body, and that can hurt all over. So uh, I've had that happen. I 
tried to go somewhere outside of the solar system and the astral vehicle would not take me there. But there's another form of traveling outside of the body and that is traveling by consciousness. Once you're out with your astral vehicle, it is much easier to understand also how you can take your consciousness and go somewhere. Then there is no limit. You can go to the moon, you can go to Mars, you can go to some of these places far away. And by visualizing yourself at home, you will always find your way home. I don't care how far away you are. Your, your mind will bring you home. This And besides, there's a safety valve in the universe. You are paired. Your consciousness is paired with your physical body so that if all you have to do is to think yourself home and you'll be home. What happens to your physical body while your astral body and your astral vehicle is you're on a mountain somewhere in Tibet. Meanwhile, your physical body is sitting at your desk in Mesa, Arizona or wherever you are. Uh, and someone were to come up to your physical body while you're astral traveling, what would they find? Would you be conscious? Would you be alert? Well, I've had that happen. And the disturbance brought me back. I am not so sure if I've ever actually been disturbed and then continued answering questions or something while I was away, especially if your consciousness is away. I don't think, I think it would be brought back. That I don't know. I, my experience is that if I was disturbed, I would be brought back to take care of business. Is this the same as, you know, the Shaolin monks used to talk about bilocation and other, there, there are accounts of saints bilocating. Um, is that the yeah. same thing as astral travel or is that something different? No, I believe that is different because bilocation, that means your physical will be in two different places. So if somebody came up to you and shook your hand in one place and the other place, they, you will be feeling solid in both places. And that's a different technology of mine that I have not explored. If you want to explore that one, there is, um, there is a guy, his name is Father Tisu. He was a Catholic priest that was sent to India to explore this concept of ascension, and he found it. And we, Nori and I, the um, my help my, my co-host, we interviewed Father Tisa one time. But he shows on his website that people are sending, and he showed the picture of the body disappearing. So they would, what was remaining was just teeth and hair and nails in a bucket. That was the only thing I was left behind. All the rest of it, physical part of the body, gone. Wow. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll take another time out when we come back. More of my conversation with Augie Nost right here on Strange Planet. Truth will set you free, free, free. But first, it will really tick you off. Welcome back to Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. All right, Augie Nost is with us. Um, when all of those strange floating objects were drifting across the United States uh, and they were shot down, $400,000 missiles to shoot down. Uh, well, in one case, we were told it was a, a spy balloon from communist China. We never really got any straight answers uh, about the other ones. Um, but there was this rapid speculation. Even the mainstream media was kind of feeding into it that, um, uh, you know, and these were coming from normally very skeptical people on CNN who would normally just totally debunk any thought of a, you know, a unidentified flying object or aliens interacting with human civilization. Suddenly, you know, they were on board pushing this narrative uh, that these could be unidentified flying objects. They could be extraterrestrial um, uh, vehicles and so forth. 
uh, which led some people to speculate, oh, this is kind of a precursor for something called Operation Blue Beam or a fake alien invasion. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that that's, that's what was being played out with those, fly, those floating objects? Well, I think you're on the trail of that one. I, um, we saw the pictures and there were private people that actually have telescopes that took the picture of the balloon. So the first one that we heard of, that was a balloon. Mm -hmm. uh, we know that. But the government has now, Air Force actually has now, they admitted that we shot down flying discs that said there was alien vehicles. And that's all they say. I think we are being prepared for something. And that is a program that has been around since the early 1970s called Operation Blue Beam. If you go and read the papers, there's about 120 pages worth of papers on the Blue Beam project. And um, it used to be on the CIA website. You could find it there. But in there, they explain that this will be used to put a whole bunch of flying discs in the sky to unify people under one world government. They actually explain that in the papers. So what they are planning to do, and John D'Souza, an ex-FBI agent, a friend of mine here in Tucson, he speaks of it very eloquently when he says this is going to happen very soon. And what he says, what he's finding out from behind the curtain uh, of the government is that they are using a holographic projector, most likely in space, to blanket the sky with alien ships. In between those holographic projections of alien ships, there's going to be some real ones because we have flying disks that they made here, uh, the American government. I shouldn't say the government because these it's a separate organization that answers to none. They're not part of the government, but they work through the government for the funding. Now, in between those holographic images of flying saucers, there will be some real ones that is shooting at stuff at the ground. They're shooting down maybe military airplanes or airliners. He suggested that they would think. And they're going to create havoc. They're going to scare the chocolate out of people. So they're saying, join together with your government so they can protect you under one global body of government that is run by the UN. One more thing in those papers, they talk about the fact that they are going to induce a figure in the sky, and that will be Jesus coming back. You're going to see Jesus in the sky, and he's going to be talking to you in your head, saying, I am Jesus, your God. Join and do as your government tell you so they can protect you. Now, I'm not so sure exactly all the words on that one, but that's the concept that they will be beaming to your head through a technology called voice-to-skull technology that was patented all the way back, the earliest one I see in 1978. They are microwaving it, and they are coding they're coding voice onto the microwaves that hit your head and you hear the voice. And uh, now the later ones, they're saying that you can even induce feelings of fear, despair, or happiness, or anything of a feeling that they want you to feel. They can just beam it on through microwaves into your head and you will have the feeling. This is scary. Beyond, beyond. I yeah. talked to a number, I've, I've talked to probably a dozen, a dozen or more uh, targeted individuals over the years. And, and some, not all of them, but many of them uh, report 
being victimized by remote electronic harassment, but also this voice-to-skull uh, technology. So do you think that uh, these victims, um, these targeted individuals, are like a beta test for Project Bluebeam? Uh, very well could be. But it also could be, in addition to that, it could be people that is out there talking about stuff that they don't want them talking about. So they're going to shut them down in one way or the other. And, uh, you know, the thing about it is that we know this is real because their papers are there. And not long ago, a NASA administrator went on record and he said, before the year 2025, we will have an alien invasion. Right after that, NASA fired him. But then they hired him back and put him on an indefinite sick leave. So that's how it is now. That way they can control what he says. So your uh, your friend, uh, former FBI agent John D'Souza, has he... He said that it was, what, imminent? Uh, did he give you a, a date? What would be the... Uh, he, said, he said very soon. And uh, that's what he said at the meeting we had in town here. And I called him afterwards and I asked him and he says, well, very soon, most likely this year. Is there anything that can be done to, to thwart that? Yeah, educate people to the fact that whatever you see up there is fake alien invasion. And uh, so a lot of the, uh, the the numbskulls out there, you know, they say, ah, oh, there's no such thing as aliens. Even if the government says so, there's no such thing. But there is something called the smoking gun document. You will find... I'll uh, I'll tell you. I wrote it down there because I wanted to tell you, and you probably know about this because you've interviewed so many people. Go to vault.gov.fbi, and you go to UFO groups, and it's document number six seven five one. The CIA in that document explain that yes we have alien or extra they call it extraterrestrial entities visiting our world but most of them are interdimensionals so i don't even know why we are running around asking are we alone in the universe <laughs> right they've admitted yeah. it. we already have disclosure by their they've admitted it you're saying yeah in fact, the, the Russians did it too. Um, that was probably, I don't know, seven, eight years ago now. Uh, Medvedev was, I guess, the president at the time. He did an interview, and at the tail end of the interview, he was asked by one of the female reporters, what can you tell us about the extraterrestrial and their presence? And Medvedev, he thought the camera was off. So he says, oh, yeah, when we take the office, it says, we get the dossier explaining the uh, extraterrestrials and who is coming to visit and so on. But they also tell us we can't talk about it because they are afraid of panic. He said that at the tail end, but the camera was running. He didn't know it. And the TV station, they ran the whole thing. But it disappeared. Nobody's talking about it. It must exist so, somewhere. Someone must have seen it. Some oh yeah, yeah. But if it was taken down afterwards, uh, but it, they ran it live, so it's out there. Hopefully, <clears throat> someone pushed record, and it's still out there. Uh, we just have a few minutes yet. I just want to touch on this, and that is, uh, of course, uh, Artemis II, which is the uh, the new NASA um, a space program. Uh, you know, after the shuttle program was canceled, it took them a number of years, and now we've got Artemis, and Artemis II is set to um, to launch a mission uh, later this year in 2024, including a Canadian astronaut, Jeremy Hansen, a Canadian uh, former fighter pilot. Mm -hmm. 
and these astronauts are going to orbit the moon. This is all a precursor to an, a, a manned mission to the moon in 2025. Um, what do you think they'll find? What's up there? Uh, I wish we had about four hours. <laughs> um, the thing about it is that there is all kinds of things, people, slaves on the moon, people that have been abducted here, most of them as kids because they're easier to form their mind in compliance. And um, if you go to broadcastteamalpha.com, scroll down into the um, shows and find a, 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 a documentary that Norilov and I did called The Moon Pictures. You will see NASA prints of pyramids up there. People walking on the surface without a spacesuit. Buildings. And there's all kinds of things. And one of the pictures show green vegetation in the bottom of a crater. And it will show, you will have fun watching that 20-minute documentary because the pictures from the NASA, from the Russians, and there's one picture there from the Chinese Space Agency that show a huge building, square building. And uh, as an astral traveler, I have one last one that I want to tell you. I believe, hmm, I believe it is in the Schrodinger crater in the bottom of it. You will find a building that is formed as a swastika. And I have, that's also on the documentary that you'll see at Broadcast Team Alpha. And in that building, there's Germans, or actually Nazis. Because when the Nazis left Germany in 1942, went to the moon around and mapped it, they found that building. It's a huge mile and a half to two mile long building that it's been there for a very long time. It's, it was dilapidated, but they rebuilt it, and there they are having one of their bases. They flew there in the Hanabu II in 1942. This is, uh, um, <clears throat> I've done quite a few shows on this. Uh, Wendell Stevens, Colonel Wendell Stevens here in Tucson, I interviewed him two or three times on my TV shows that I did here. And he explained that the Germans, yeah, they did go to the moon, and he he had seen some papers in German on it, and uh, he showed it to me over at house one time, and I know enough German to be able to read some of it, and yeah, that was it. Wow. So, well, it's there. We've just barely, barely scratched the surface. Uh, <laughs> shallow breathing, but we will. I'm going to get you back on, Augie. It was absolutely delightful to meet you and speak with you and I want to do more of these if uh, if you're game for it I certainly am oh there's so much uh, I even got NASA there's another one down there on broadcasting alpha the Mars pictures you saw the rover has taken pictures of people up there buildings same thing as the moon it is there for us, but what the government does, deny, 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 and it works. The masses believe them. What they should start realizing that when anybody, to, any, to figure out when somebody from the government is lying to you, is watch them. When the lips move, they're <laughs> lying to you. There you go. Augie <laughs> Nost and the website again, broadcastteamalpha.com. It's a very, very rich website to be, uh, to be mined. Uh, and uh, we're going to have you back on, Augie. Thank you so much for this. Great to meet you. Thank you. A new Richard Serrett's Strange Planet drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday.